A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. It's time again for Checkoff Chat. You know all about that program, don't you? It's brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council and your beef checkoff dollars, as well as our partners at Equity Cooperative Livestock, proud sponsor of Checkoff Chats. You can find out more about your livestock marketing opportunities at equitycoop.com. And of course, Wisconsin Beef Council has a wealth of information about how your checkoff dollars are being uh, focused toward research, education, and promotion at beeftips.com, Wisconsin Beef Council on social media. And speaking of those checkoff dollars, today we're visiting with uh, Jessica Lancaster. She is the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Director of Product Quality Research. You know, we talk a lot about uh, beef production in Wisconsin, but sometimes our dairy producers may feel like they're on the outside looking in. The markets have changed. More and more of our dairy operators are turning into beef producers with their dairy beef cross. And that's what we want to talk about with Jessica today. Jessica, you are the one that kind of tries to equate and find value in how our checkoff dollars are being spent specifically on research. Tell me a little bit about what led you folks to spend checkoff dollars looking specifically at that dairy beef cross marketing opportunity. Yeah, thanks for having me. We, from a product quality standpoint, think that it's super important that every time our consumers choose beef, have an outstanding eating experience. And so that's our number one priority. So from a research standpoint, it's incredibly important to know what type of animals are we sending through the process and really the impacts that those are having on ultimate meat quality. It's probably no surprise to any of you that we've certainly seen an elevated percentage of beef dairy crosses as a component of our daily slaughter mix. And so as we began to see that here at NCBA, We thought it was incredibly important to understand from a meat quality standpoint the characteristic and performance of these steaks as we think about them going out to our consumers. Yeah, excellent. Now, your survey kind of looked at it in two different uh, channels, shall we say. You focused in a lot on retail. Obviously, if the consumer feels like for some reason that dairy beef cross uh, display item isn't uh, up to par, it could influence uh, sales. Tell me a little about the retail channel that uh, NCBA focused attention on? Yeah, so if we think about your traditional dairy-type cattle, they've certainly always been in the beef supply chain, but one challenge when we look at as we take those to retail, we see a little more triangular shape to that ribeye, so maybe it doesn't look like what our consumers are normally used to, and the color of that red is also a little bit darker. So the researchers across the country who worked on this research really thought it was important to understand from a retail standpoint how these beef on dairy crosses perform. And we found some really cool insights. We found that beef dairy cross cattle basically fall between where our native beef type cattle are and those dairy cattle. So we get a more rounded ribeye shape, which is what we're really looking for. And we also have shelf life or color stability it'll last a lot longer. So pretty cool that our consumers are more willing to pick it up and we know it'll last longer on the retail shelf. Right. And so the the retailers are seeing still good traction as far as showcase sales, I assume? Yeah. So one of the cool things is, is with these beef on dairy cross type cattle, 
we're getting conformity of the ribeye to a standpoint that it's hard for many people to know that there's really any difference between what would be in the native beef supply. And so the cool thing about that is we don't see the discrimination from retailers, consumers, and food service that we may see with those traditional dairy items. So definitely seeing more opportunities throughout the supply chain for this type product. Well, that's excellent. I'm curious, what about grading standards? You know, uh, dairy, uh, you know, like you said, our traditional cull cow that would be going from the dairy into the beef line would probably most likely grade out select. What is this dairy and beef cross? Are we doing any better as far as the grading quality? Yeah, so a lot of this research was looking at the fed cattle population. So those are going to be cattle that are under 30 months of age. So your traditional steer type or even heifers going into there. And we do see that they're uh, grading just as well as their contemporaries. So that's pretty exciting. And one other thing we see is from a yield grade standpoint. So when we talk about pounds of products we're getting off these animals, we're certainly seeing some advantages. We know that dairy carcasses tend to be a lot longer just in the way those cattle are put together and how their muscles all lay in there. So we've been able to shorten up those carcasses and really add some additional muscle to this type of animal. Now, one thing that becomes more interesting is they're just laid out a little bit differently. And so muscle shape is still going to look a little bit different. But as we think about things like dressing percentage and kidney pelvic heart fat and those things that are going to go into a yield grade equation, we do have some differences there that we're still cognizant of. Mm, interesting. Now, again, if you're just joining us, this is Jessica Lancaster. She is the Director of Product Quality Research with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We are focused in specifically today on the rising market we've seen with uh, dairy and beef cross animals. Uh, Jessica, let's talk just a little bit more. I want to go back a bit to that retail side of thing. Did you garnish anything from our major retailers? Uh, Were they even aware of this breed uh, change or trend, shall we say? And one thing I I said to Jessica, do we see this opportunity ending anytime soon? Because I've got a lot of folks that are into dairy beef cross, and if that market's going to come to a close quickly, I want them to know. Yeah, I think that uh, something that's pretty unique about these is when we look at these cattle phenotypically, they can vary a whole lot. So for some of the points throughout the supply chain, it's probably a little harder to pick these cattle out than you would think of your traditional Holstein-type cattle. And we certainly hear that from processors and people who are processing these cattle. If they have agent source verification, they probably know that these cattle are coming but definitely fitting in there pretty well from a supply mix. As we think about what's going to happen in the future, we certainly know that herd numbers and fed slaughter cattle right now are at a lower point. And so these beef on dairy cattle are going to make up a bigger percentage of that. And we expect to see that continue into the future, especially as we look at the value that we've created uh, with these mixes. And now we have science to support that these are, providing value into the supply chain and really bringing the beef industry an added benefit over those traditional dairy steers. I think certainly opportunity there to continue having a great product in the future. 
This is Checkoff Chat, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council and your beef checkoff dollars and dairy producers, as you're hearing. That involves you as well. Find out more at uh, beeftips.com or Wisconsin Beef Council on social media. Also, thanks to our friends at the Equity Cooperative for partnering with us. Find out more about your marketing opportunities, be it dairy beef or native beef, at equitycoop.com. Got to ask you, and maybe your research entailed this, maybe not, uh, Jessica, did we find any ideal crosses for that dairy animal? Is it better with Angus? Is it better with Simmental? Did we look that deep or just say native cattle versus dairy? Yeah, so we had multiple studies on this and they all kind of looked at it differently. A cool research project out of the University of Arizona actually went even farther than uh, breed and looked at the genetic component of F94L which is a myostatin gene, which can cause differences in the amount of muscle in these different carcasses. So there's definitely been some really cool research. And I think as this continues to gain popularity, we'll certainly see opportunities, whether it be from a breed standpoint or genetic standpoint, to really advance these beef on dairy crosses to get the best utilization out of these cattle. So obviously a conversation you and I may be having again in the future, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jessica Lancaster along with us. This is Checkoff Chat. And like I said, in uh, we've all kind of seen this trend growing. Uh, beef on dairy as a cross that's filling a niche in the beef market, as she said, with uh, fewer fed cattle out there of the native beef breed. Now that beef on dairy cross stepping in to fill the niche. She is the Director of Product Quality Research for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. As I said, want to find out more? Go to beeftips.com or Wisconsin Beef Council on social media. Thanks again to our friends at the Equity Cooperative Livestock Barns for partnering along. That's Checkoff Chat today featuring Jessica Lancaster from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Every part of your vehicle serves a purpose, especially your tires. When they aren't right, it makes a big difference in safety. So, find great deals on trusted brands of automotive and specialty tires for farm machinery, utility vehicles, and more at Blaine's Farm and Fleet.